This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 148 of the Stacey West podcast. I am Ben. Uh, Gaz is out for a meal tonight. So you joined um, by, I believe we were christened the Misery Twins last time out. Uh, we did a podcast. But uh, I'm joined by Jake. How you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good. I've got a bit of a conspiracy theory that you guys only get me on the actual proper pod when things are going to shit. So... Um... <laughs> Uh, I'm not exactly getting a very good reputation. I had a few looks at me on Tuesday night after the game, so I'm starting to think that's probably your fault rather than mine. Hey, I'm I'm always available, apart from when I'm not. But you know, it's uh, yeah, it's been a week. Um, yeah, been it, it's a tricky week. It's a tricky one to talk about, but we're going to try and get through it without making people feel like they want to step off a bridge too early. So, um, how have you been other than football, mate? You, you keeping well? Yeah, I've, I've, I've been working at the, at the college, so it's it's pretty relentless. We've had a pretty bit manic sort of time. But, um, mm. but being back at the football is bloody brilliant. Isn't it? Like just, going, just going back down like to the Golden Eagle on a Saturday with, with Chris and, and Keith and all my mates and stuff like that, it's just been such a welcome return. And... Um, yeah, it definitely gets me through the week. Like, come on, I've got, I'm so excited for, for Saturday's game, even though it's Accrington and we're probably like in horrendous form based off Tuesday night, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But yeah, just just in general, obviously got hopefully have a bit of personal news, hopefully to, to come off tomorrow, but we'll have to wait and see. So um, yeah, all, all good. Keep podcasting away and uh, hopefully yeah. that, that sort of gets the name out there and see what we can do, really. Absolutely. So... Um... We might as well jump into it. I mean, it's, um, it, yeah, we, we obviously previewed it last week, but uh, Doncaster on Saturday, um, we'll, we'll touch on it briefly, um, wasn't wasn't the best of performances. Um, you know, people will say that if you come away from an away ground with a point, it's a decent result, but in all honesty, the way that Doncaster's season's gone so far, I know Gaz said that they've been on a little bit of a run you know, but more positive run uh, before we before we arrived. But it's the kind of game that we probably should have taken three points from. And had it not been for some Star Wars stormtrooper level accuracy with the shooting, um, I think we might have come away with a different result. What do you think? 
Yeah, I, to be honest with you, Ben, I think my journey to the game was a bit more interesting than the actual 80 minutes of football <laughs> that I got to see. Because um, I, I, we, we had a welcome day at the college and I finished at, at two o'clock and me and a good mate of mine, Jordan, uh, absolutely helping it down the A, up, up the A1 to, to Donny. Yeah, just chucked the car park on that massive industrial estate and ran for the turnstiles mm. and then fell asleep pretty much straight away. You know, <laughs> but um, it wasn't great, was it? Obviously, Don Castro down there. But like you said about Gaz, Gaz said that Donny are pretty good at home. You know, I looked into it. They beat MK Dons there. Um, they, you know, their home form was was much stronger than you know their away form. But yeah, um, yeah it's disappointing, isn't it? Because obviously they're a team that are twenty third in the league at the minute as it stands and. You look at how everyone else is beaten them, which beaten by six, Bolton beaten by three the, the night, the Tuesday night after we played them. So, yeah, it was disappointing. Obviously, we had chances to win the game, didn't we, last? Um, missed, missed a bit of a header that was quite a good save from the goalkeeper. And then I, yeah. I, I, I stick up for Dan and Underloo all the time. Uh, I'm starting to think I probably shouldn't, but um, he missed a couple of good opportunities. And, you know, on another day, I think we do win the game. Yeah, um, I, I I didn't feel threatened by Doncaster whatsoever. Um, no, you know, Josh I mean, was, was was nothing but a spectator, really, was it? Yeah, I think I'd agree with you on that. And you know, Michael said the same thing after the game um, that they didn't look like scoring, and they didn't. Like, I I don't think if we'd have continued playing that game until Sunday, that Doncaster would have scored. Um, it it just looked they looked toothless, and unfortunately, we wasted the opportunities that we were given. Um, and some of them we were given, you know, there were some that were really well worked, but there were some horrendous mistakes from them, which we should have capitalised on. Um, you mentioned there about, you know, sticking up for, for Dan. I think the one the one moment that summed it up for me, I think it was in the first half when Dan got, uh, Dan got clear and came through and, you know, you've got Anthony Scully entering the penalty area and he's basically completely unmarked and unfortunately Dan tried to to take it on himself with a defender in front of him and the keeper it's like if you'd have just squared it it would have been 1-0 you know shoulders would have been unhunched if you like and I think it would have been you know we would have gone on to have a very very different game um, but yeah unfortunately you know it's kind of it didn't didn't quite work out that way um, and it was you get that with young players, you get that with young players, especially the way that Appleton recruits. And mm. you look at the fact that last year we probably had the youngest squad in the league, probably on average over the 46 games, or yeah, 40, yeah, yeah. however many we played. You're going to get this with young players. I know I'm, it sounds like I'm sticking up for them, but you know, young players are so inconsistent that it's very rare that you find a player so young with such quality like we had with Brennan last year and Morgan as well. well Morgan's yeah. sort of a bit more debatable, but definitely Brennan. Um, you know, players are going to have the, these sort of days. And we all thought that Dan's turning point was going to be Wigan because he came out against um, Bowers and he looked really hungry, didn't he? And then yeah. uh, it's just not really helpful. And then, well, I mean, on against Portsmouth, he missed an absolute sit despite being offside. So you can tell he's a confidence player. And at the minute, the whole squad sort of look, look a bit short of confidence, even though we've just come off a six game and beaten a beat on beat a streak where you'd think the confidence would be high. But yeah, that, that that's the thing with having a young squad, isn't it? Yeah, I mean i think was it was it six or five? Five, sorry, yeah. But like, you know, five games unbeaten and the thing is you will have people in that saying, Oh yeah, but we only drew we only won two. It's like, well and one of those is against Bowers. Okay, but you know, 
if we'd have won or well if we'd have won on Tuesday which we'll come to if we'd have won on Tuesday that would have all of a sudden been a more impressive unbeaten run so you know it's it is fine margins Gaz says it all the time but it, it was just a, a disappointing result I thought the performance was you know it was uninspiring but it wasn't dire um, I think coming away from it you know you're looking at it and you're thinking well you know, what if he'd squared it to Scully? Would that then, say, picked everybody up and we'd gone on to score a hatful like we did at Cambridge? You know, it was just, it was one of those games that it just wasn't our day, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, coming away with a point on paper, not great. In reality, the situation that we're in, <sighs> hate point to say. Point closer to 50, Ben. It's a point closer to 50 <laughs> to one next year. I hate uh, to say positive. it, but... You know, I hate to say it, but I'd take it. You know, like it's it's one of those situations where you go, okay, right, well, we've got, you know, we've, we've come away with a point. That's fine, I guess. Um, but, you know, then obviously we move on to to Tuesday. Um, Please don't. <laughs> we've got to, mate. I'm sorry. Gaz has dropped you in it. But, um, oh, no, Auntie. Auntie fucking just, you know, the return of the Cowley <laughs> brothers, the return of Joe Morrell, Sean Raggett's back. But like, I mean, look, all of the, you know, the, the circus coming to town, all of that aspect of it aside, um, it, it felt like, you know, obviously the crowd were up for it, the 617 with the banner saying, you know, Michael Appleton's Red and White Army. I thought that was a really nice touch, given what he'd said earlier in the week, which I've not spoken about really publicly, but I really felt for him because it's just, you know, saying I'm probably not going to be held in as high regard or I don't think I'll ever be held in as high regard. It's like, mate, hey, you got us to within 90 minutes of the championship. But, you know, it's regardless of of what people may think about him in terms of his style of play or his recruitment strategy or anything like that like last season alone puts him easily in you know in that upper echelon for me of of managers that we've had um and i i I felt for him i really did um because some of the stick that he's been getting is completely unjustified and we will come on to that um but like it yeah it it didn't fit. I mean, it kind of felt like a continuation of the Doncaster game in the first half for me. Like I said at, um, at halftime on social media that I thought it was potentially a little bit harsh that we'd gone in one nil down. Um, having looked back at the highlights, they probably had one or two more chances than I thought they did, but I still don't think they were all that, you know, Portsmouth weren't all that ruthless in attack in the first half. Um, I think a draw at half time would have probably maybe been a bit fortunate for us, but at the same time, I think they didn't necessarily do enough to go in one nil up at the break. I know that's ridiculous because they did, but it it almost felt like I mean the the lead up to the goal. I said at the time it was you know a ridiculous set of luck or lucky circumstances that led to it. You watch it back. I think there's a bit of pinball between three or four players that don't know what's happening. And then it breaks for Harness, and unfortunately, you know, he does what he does. Yeah, I was. We were saying um, the guys that I sit around, we we all sort of thought that even though we hadn't really made much of a threat in the first half ourselves, we didn't felt, feel like we deserved to go in a goal down, if that makes sense. And 
Yeah. I mean, the, the people around us were pretty adamant that one of their lads, I think it was Romeo, the right back, was offside as he pulled the ball back to harness. Obviously, um, you know, I've, I've spoke to people who sort of further on down the court than what I were. They, they all said it was offside, but you know, it, it's gone now. We just have to get on with it. And, you know, you can't really give... You know, Marcus Harless is, is one hell of a player at this at this level. And he, mm. you give him an opportunity like that, ten times out of ten, he's going to score it. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, as, it, as, to be fair to him as well, really nice finish. Yeah, and, and that's why teams in the championship are looking at him, Ben. You know, it, yeah. You know, I've got I've got the stats up here the entire game, and they had double the shots. It was really they had twenty one to our ten, six on target to our two, and. That doesn't really make for good reading, does it? You know, it looks like no. a typical Danny Cowley side. You know, you look at their stats, they had 42 possession, they made 120 more passes, uh, they committed five more fouls, you know. That's exactly, the, the Pompey performance that they produced on Tuesday night was very similar, I thought, to plenty of performances we made on on our way to the, the League 2 title in 2019. Yeah, it absolutely was. And I, I think that, that we said this beforehand, you know, that it, it was... It was going to be a case of look. We know what he's capable. We know what you know. Danny's capable of. We know what he can do. We know what um, we know what happens. We know what he does. And it was that kind of. It was that feeling that we were two steps behind every move that we were trying to make. Um, and ultimately, you know, I think it 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 paid off for them. Um, I think that the as well. Let's put the first half to bed because, like I said, I I don't think. I don't think by any stretch of the imagination that we we deserve to go in in front at half time, but I think a draw probably would have been maybe not fairer. But I think you know, I I think we, we'd was, warranted it then, Ben. I, I think that we we stayed in the game and defended resolutely enough to be in a, at nil nil at half time. But obviously, yeah, you, know, you give a, like I said, I said you give a player in Marcus Arnold that space, and you know they've got good players and they. They're always going to make chances, and then you know they run away with it in the second half, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, let's let's come to the second half as much as I don't want to. But um, oh dear, I mean, we we started, and um, I I nipped down for a you know nip down to the loo, and then as I came back up, the second half had started, and immediately Portsmouth had a corner. It was like, okay, this is what this is how this half's going to go, then is it? Um, and it was kind of proven. Like, if I say that, you know, Doncaster was uninspiring, like, the, the second half against Portsmouth, Portsmouth, it was poor. Like, a lot of people, and again, we'll we'll come on to, to this afterwards, but, like, a lot of people were kind of getting at me on Tuesday night and saying, well, it's not acceptable, why are you defending it? I'm like, well, no, it's not acceptable, and I'm not defending it, but there's a difference between being disappointed with the result and a performance and going after everything that's associated with the club. Um, but again, we'll touch on that in a bit. Um, but like, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't great to watch at all. Um, you could see when the second goal went in, head started to drop and it was just, you said about Dan being a confidence player. I think any confidence that the lads had on Tuesday night, absolutely evaporated with that second goal um and unfortunately i think there's probably it it goes back to things that you know gaza said before and that i've said before that when you don't have that experienced head on the field like you know like liam bridcutt to sort of say come on lads let's get this sorted let's you know get your shit together 
I think it affects people in in different ways. And unfortunately, on Tuesday, I think you know, and, and I again agree with Gaz's point on the the article that he wrote about the game. Conor McGrandles didn't have the impact that I think he probably would have wanted to have had himself um, as captain. Like there was one point I think in the second half, Rach turned to me and said, "Who's captain?" And then it was. Is it McGrandall? Oh, McGrandall's. Yeah, it is. You know, that kind of moment when you realise, right, well, the captain should be grabbing the game by the scruff of the neck at this point and, and you know, really taking it to them. And unfortunately, it just didn't happen, did it? No, no, it didn't. And, you know, we were, it looked like from where I was sat, we were carrying too many players. Like, the, the midfield sort of looked, you know, completely like, as it, like it wasn't there. You know, theory, great, you would get forward. And he would cause him a couple of problems, you know, running towards their own goal. But the second he lost the ball, he didn't sprint and, and run back. Uh, and you know, when you're two two goals down, you start to notice that a bit more, don't you? And yeah, you know, I, I I I don't know. It just as you said, as soon as George Hurst sort of took that second one away, it, it was curtains really, wasn't it? But I didn't think we, we looked like we were going to score at all before the second goal. And you know, once no. the second goal had gone in. We might as well have just conceded the fixture and said, right, ref, let's just let's just pack it just in. Blow. I mean, when he said that there was four minutes of uh, stoppage time, I just thought, what's the point? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, that you could have seen them scoring a fourth, really, couldn't you? At that point, you know, yeah. As much as I hate to say it, Roland Curtis looked, oh, you know, looked really good, didn't he? You know, up front, and and, and I, I hate to say it, but, but Joe Morrell played really well. You know, did. something <laughs> that we missed in midfield. You know what he? Yeah. He was getting loads of stick from the, from the Lincoln fans and he just turned around and smiled. But you know, I, I still really love Joe Morrell. I mean, the, the way the, what he did for us that first season back in League One. And yeah. it, it, it was just everything we didn't have on Tuesday, on Tuesday night was on the field and looking to put themselves about a bit, get stuck in, get forward, defend. Um, mm. and, and that was Joe Morrell from Portsmouth. And it's not why they won the game. But um, it wasn't it wasn't an acceptable second half performance whatsoever. And I'm sure Appleton will have told the players that, and you know, hence the reason why I think the club put out Appleton's post match uh, full interview, um, you know, on social media because they've not tended have uh, done that over recent weeks. But mm. um, I think I think Appleton sort of wanted to get a, a reaction from the players, and hopefully against Accrington on, on Saturday, he's going to get that reaction because you know, they've come off a dribbling themselves. So mm. I, I, I'm hoping he gave them a rocket and, and hopefully they can they can iron it all out ready for Saturday. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, before before we move on to that, they're, they're, you know, you, you're 100% right about Joe Morrell. I think he was, um, he was the kind of player that he was for us on Tuesday night. You know, he, he dedicated to everything, ran at every, you know, ran at every ball. And he's a shit house, but you love him, you know, when he's on your team. Yeah. Just, yeah. you know, it, he is the exact kind of player that, you know, we'd love to have back. But unfortunately, you know, finances dictate and all that. But, um, yeah, I mean, it it wasn't a good night at all. You know, nobody's nobody's saying it was. Um, I think the thing that wound me up was the immediate overreaction and the kind of it's the people that are sitting there like throwing so much shit at a wall and then pointing at the stuff that sticks and going see i was right it's like you can't you you, you can't do that like you, you if you say everything's rubbish 
and you say everything's crap, at some point you're going to be right. You know, and ultimately it's it's disappointing to read so many people being so happy that we've lost a game because it means that they're right just for a bit of social media clout. Like, yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I, you know, the amount of Appleton out posts that I saw on on Twitter and on 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 banter, it was it's embarrassing. You know, it's it is. You want your own, why would you want your own football club to lose a game of football? Yeah, just so that you could get a few likes on Twitter. I don't, I don't understand it. And this is a problem, isn't it, with social media? It's not just at Lincoln City. It's it's the the rise of, of fan challenges. You, know, you look at Arsenal fan TV and and the United stand and they really thrive off negativity and it, it creates a bit of a toxic atmosphere around the club and oh, yeah. the, the last five years we've had a really good vibe around the football club you know, the city has fallen back in love with the football club because you know 2011 nobody really you know gave a shit you know when we were yeah. on our arse in League 2 and, and struggled to get out of the conference no one cared um, yeah. and now we're back at the highest point where we've been in over 20 years nearly getting to the championship last year the spotlight's on you more and, and the second you have a really bad result which Tuesday night was you're going to get criticised and you know footballers and, and the football industry and the, the people in it like Appleton and the players are, are, you know they're big boys they know they know what they're doing um, they have to expect that sort of criticism but I don't agree with the extreme criticism like having calling for the manager's head or you know I saw a, a Twitter account labelling Dan on London of a fraud you know he's on his first senior loan spot I'm, I'm protecting Dan again um this is the thing, right? I get told that, or, and Gary gets told, you know, oh, let's see the Stacey West put a positive spin on something or, or defend that. It's like there is a massive, massive difference between defending individuals and, you know, their ability and defending a bad performance. Like Tuesday was a bad performance. Saturday wasn't very good. No, even yeah, the Bowers, you know, even the Bowers game wasn't fantastic, but we came through it. You know, and when you have those moments, like what? That's three games on the bounce that haven't been amazing. So, okay, right, you get those moments in seasons, you get those instances where you don't have a good run of form. But this has come at a point where we've had not the best start to the season. We've had a well-documented problem with getting the players in over the summer that we wanted. We know we're at least one short. My understanding is that there was at least two that were coming in um, on top of Morgan Whitaker in January. So you're potentially three players short. You've then had a massive injury crisis that's led to, you know, all of these instances where we've not had the same players to play. I looked at this the other day and this is the one time I've actually done proper research and Gary isn't here and I'm incredibly pissed off about it. <laughs> Do you know how many times we've started consecutive games with the same starting 11 this season? Uh, I, I, I doubt we have. Have we? Twice. Twice. Yeah, that, that you, you, you know, you, you look at football teams at, at the top of, the, of each division that they're in and Clubs do well based on picking a consistent eleven, and you know, we just got it. I know it, it, you know we're defending it again, but injuries and, and things like that haven't enabled Appleton to do it. Yeah, and that's that's the you know that ultimately that's so we've got a small squad, we've got loads of injuries. It's sort of similar to that period that we had 
last season, isn't it? Where we had yeah. George, Luca, Hops was out, uh, Walsh was out. You know, key players. And you look at the players that are injured at the minute. If they get back into the squad, does Joe Walsh get back into the squad? If he's fit, absolutely, I think so. Does Liam Bridcut get back into the squad? Yeah. You, you bet on doggy does. And then Hops as well. You probably play Tom Hopper, don't you, over, over Dan or Freddie? So, yeah. I, you know, I, I can understand why we're so low in the table, given that given that stat then, but well done for doing your research. I'm sure Gary <laughs> will be eating his filet mignon with, with an absolute but, big I mean, the thing is, on his face. The thing is, that was for... Um, Actually, no, it might even be once because because oh, um, I'm just looking at the <laughs> I'm just looking at the, I'm just looking through it here and I had it as Gillingham and Fleetwood. But we played Shrewsbury between Gillingham and Fleetwood. So it's not even that it's once oh once this season. And that was when we played uh, between Bolton and Wickham, which was where we had four days between the games. And we had the same lineup between those two games. That's it. That's the only time this season that that's happened now. As you said, consistency is important. And I'm not saying that, you know, every team will start with the same 11 every single week. But you expect it more than once in the first, you know, what, three months of the season. You know, and I I don't like it when people get undue criticism. And that goes for myself as well. You know, I'm, I'm happy to take criticism. I'm happy to have conversations with people. But when the criticism's not, you know, not coming from a good place that's when i start to struggle with it and you know some of the some of the overreaction that came on on tuesday night i said you know i said as much to, to somebody that um was was being quite vocal about the problems and i actually had a good conversation with them and at the end of it we realized hang on a minute we're both making the same points we're just making them in very different ways and i think at a point where you're Going off from we've lost a or yeah we've lost a game of football heavily and no it was not a good performance to everything at the club has gone wrong this needs looking at this needs looking at and this needs looking at and this person needs sacking and this person needs their head wobbling and everything else overreacting like that is not going to help anybody and when you look at the big picture at the moment where Lincoln City are as a club we're not in a bad place. Like, no, we're not as high up in the league as we'd like to be. But bigger picture stuff is great. And if the person who's if the person uh, who went off on one about Clive is listening to this, get in the bin. There was somebody that had a rant and I'm, I, I promised I wouldn't go off on one, but I'm about to. Somebody had a go at Clive on the other hell site that I very rarely use. And they were going off on it and saying, "Oh well, he's never, you know, he's never here, and he's he's stopped the he's stopped the communication with the fans, and he's just it's ridiculous." And so, well, he lives in South Africa, and he's not allowed to travel. What do you want him to do? I think that I think then the, the Clive situation is, is nothing compared to. Have you seen today? Sheffield United they've appointed a new manager, and yeah. obviously yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're they're appointed they're dealt with by the, the Saudis, aren't they? The, the Saudi royal family. Um, similar to Newcastle, I think, and their owners just said, "Yeah, Paul's your new Hecking Bottom's your new manager. I've got fuck all to do with the football club. You won't be seeing my face round here again, or any of my advisors. Just crack on with the own shit yourself." Clive has not done that whatsoever, has he? Um, no. He's he's thousands of miles away in a in a global pandemic where he can't get over here. 
but I can guarantee you the second I can guarantee you he's working his arse off like the, like all of them will be uh, to try and find a solution to to shut the critics up and, and of course like you said you're allowed to criticise when the club are there to need to be criticised you know you and you and Gary do it do it when they need to be called out for and this is the thing with football it's it's all about opinion and people can criticise whenever they like and you know we shouldn't stop people from criticising but the criticism that was aimed towards the chairman, the manager and some of the players on Tuesday night in the wake of that performance is a little bit unjust because... There's a line between criticism. There is a big line between criticism and abuse and I think some of the stuff that's been going on is bordering on abuse. Dan, as I say, I saw a Twitter account uh, with a picture of Dan on Lunderloo saying, fraud. I think that's completely unfair. Um... He's a young kid from a Premier League football club coming out on his first senior loan. And he's, yes, he's not hit the ground running, but he's working his bollocks off, I think, anyway. And, yeah. I, 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 you know, he's got to adapt to this sort of environment. It doesn't, it doesn't come overnight. And, you know, you look at Fiorini as well. He's, he's not had a loan spell within England. You know, it's, it's a different level for him to get to groups with. Yes, you know, you, you make comparisons that Lewis Monson hit the ground running from the Dutch second division last year but you know Fiorini is a 19 year old kid 20 year old kid these people who are criticising them at 19 and 20 were nowhere near the levels of these these football players were at you know could you imagine throwing them off to some foreign country uh, in a job they don't really in in a job they know how to do and you're supposed to just thrive straight away on your own I mean the thing is the way that I always look at it is you never I I very rarely found it that people will go straight into like a new job and nail it from day one. Like you always have a little bit of a bedding in period. Now, yes, I understand football is a fast paced game. You know, it's a fast paced, uh, it's a fast moving sport and you kind of need to have a bedding in period quicker than three months. I understand that. That's fair criticism. Um, but again, you throw it into the mix with everything else that's gone on. And yeah, it's, it, it's a it's a perfect storm of shit this season. Like last season was a perfect storm. Like we had the recruitment, we had the wage gap, uh, the wage cap. We had uh, you know, uh, Brennan Johnson came in. Like everything fit last season, and we had more or less the perfect storm. I still maintain if we didn't have that run of injuries, we probably would have gone up automatically. But you know, when you have that, everything's great. But this season, things are a little bit more difficult. And again, to you know, to pull something out of uh, one of Gaz's articles, the whole thing about if you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. Like while that is usually exclusively reserved for teenagers on Facebook and shit memes, it is absolutely true. Like if you can't hack it at the minute and you just want to hurl abuse at people, you don't deserve to be there when we're at Wembley. You don't deserve to be there when they're having an open top bus parade around the city. You know, it's it's. It's hard. It's hard to say. It's hard to hear that if you're one of the people that's giving them loads of abuse. But to take a little step back and just maybe temper your expectations, because I think the, that's half the problem with this year. Is we said at the start of the season it's going to be tough. The you know the structures changed. The wage structures changed. I mean, again, we will go back to it. Charlie White's being paid ten grand a week at Wigan, and. While we're here, get well soon, Charlie White. Horrible thing to happen. Hopefully yeah, he's all right. 
but you know when when people when clubs can spend that amount of money we had offers for people that were more than doubled in the space of five minutes you can't compete with that so you can't bring in some of the players that you want to do we're doing the best we can at the moment but it does point to the fact that january is going to be absolutely crucial and i'm not denying that and i'm you know they need to get it right in january um and that's if, if things don't go right in january you know at that point questions will will start getting asked and at that point you think okay fair enough we kind of re- we needed to get to january we need this to go well if it doesn't go well we need to potentially write the season off and say look let's go again next year but you know that's mystic meg stuff we've not got a crystal ball we can't predict down that road this is the thing man there's, there's 28 games left in in the league one season you know we're still in the fa cup we can still go on a cup run we're still in the in the the pizza trophy which can get, see us get rack up another Wembley appearance you know mm. we're five points clear of the relegation zone we're, I think we're absolutely fine you know yeah it, we're, you know, we're Lincoln City five years ago six years ago where were we you, you've just got to think about where the football club's come in such a short period of time and yeah. clearly last year's overachievement has, has, um, has given everybody some sort of divine right that we're going to be up there again this year which which isn't yeah. the case, and and we have to be realistic with the fact that at the moment we are a bottom half League One football club. Yeah, it, it's the entitlement. It is the entitlement that I think gets me a little bit. But you know, to to sort of move the move the conversation on a little bit, I think one of the things that frustrates me more about this is when people think that people at the club don't care. You know, that they, they have this opinion that oh well they don't care they're they're doing this that the other and or you know they're not bothered about it. I guarantee you. that the people at the club that are dealing with this situation are just as frustrated about it as anyone that's, you know, hurling things at people on Twitter or the people that are, you know, ranting about situations that nobody can control on Facebook. Like, it's... They know and they they will be working their bollocks off to try and get it done. Um, Of course they will. So... um, But... I was going to say, <laughs> first step to putting it right. Let's talk about We're going to have that nickname come back, Ben. <laughs> I, no, I, I, think, I think last time out, it was genuinely depressive. Like, I was in a really, really bad spot last time, and it was just, it came along at the wrong point. I just thought, oh, we've had a crap few weeks. Let's just, you know, oh, let's just give it up and, you know, sack it off. And it's like, right, this time round, I'm actually, you know, fairly buoyant on the situation despite the fact that we've had some bad performances um but like i said first step in putting it right accrington come in on saturday um they've not had a good run at all have they mate no you know you look at accrington it's probably one of the lead things probably around that is you know surrounding the the striker that they were supposed to lose in the summer uh dion charles who's for some reason, uh, can't get in the team at the moment. But I think that's due to contractual stuff like that. I don't think he's willing to sign a new contract. And John Cole was doing the right thing and saying, right, well, if you don't want to be here, don't play. But, you know, the, you know, I watched the highlights back of their defeat against Burton. They were, they were really poor. Um, they seem, they're a team below us in the table, so that might, you know, give people some more sort of entitlement. But they want a really poor run. And, you know, even though we've, we've not been great at home over the last sort of, you know, probably the last 11 months or so, um, it's a game that 
you know, we, we think we, we can win. Um, mm. And, you know, I, I, it's difficult, isn't it, after coming off such a such a bad performance, you're hoping that Appleton's going to give them a rocket and they're going to come out fit and firing and be a couple of goals up nice and early and make us all, make us all sit back and go, oh, right, what were we even worried about? But that probably won't be the case because that's that's just not how it's been this season. So, but yeah, they're, they're, they're a fairly good side. Obviously, they're, they're going to be physical. They're going to be, they're going to come to, to probably disrupt our style of play, um, similar to what Joel Clementine has done in the past. Uh, so, yeah, difficult game, obviously, because they're, they're not a bad side. But I, I think one that we probably can win um, and it's it, it, it's probably needed to, sort of give everybody around and the club of that sort of good feel that feel good factor going into um the Hartlepool game next week. Yeah. No, I think that the the what, the runner form, I think the last game that they won in the league was mid October. Yeah, a long time ago. So, you know, you're looking at over a month for a league win. That came away. Um that was against Charlton. Um but Last last four league results: four nil Burton, three two Sheffield Wednesday, four one Plymouth. You know, five one Port Vale. It's not really inspiring um, for you know for Atkinson's point of view. So, it, like you say, it's almost that ideal spot. I mean, we've come off the back of a you know five games on the trot where we've not lost. We've lost heavily on Tuesday night. Depending on who's back, I mean, by the sounds of it, uh, we're not. And, you know, we're not anticipating seeing um, Scully or Bridcut uh, back on Saturday. But, you know, we've something's got to give. And hopefully, you know, it's this uh, it's this run of bad form um, or bad performances, I should say. Um, I don't think that's a bad thing, then, that, that Scully, well, obviously it's bad that Bridcut's missing. But in terms of in terms of Scully, I think we look a bit more, I've said this to, to numerous people, I think we look a bit more, Unpredictable when Scully's not playing. You know, whenever, whenever Scully's on the pitch, especially what it was, you know, you think back to the Fleetwood game, you think to the Gillingham game, um, early games in the season, it was give the ball to Scully and he'll hopefully get us out of jail. Whereas this time, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I seem to think about when I went to Wigan, we were completely unpredictable, and, and I don't think Scully played in that game. Um, I, we look more unpredictable. We don't, you know, the threat comes from across the pitch. So. Um, as much as a, as a loss as Scully will be, I think we're going to be okay eventually when he fucks off to the Championship or wherever he goes, whenever he goes. Um, but, you know, Bridcut's a really big miss because we missed that dominating player in midfield, don't we? McGrandles on Tuesday night wanted to hold and go at the same time because he didn't think Fiorini yeah. and Lass were doing their job effectively enough. But he had to go forward and then Pompey could just pick off the press and then be running at the back four. So... Um, yeah, I, I get your point about Bridcut, but as good as a player as Scully is, I I, I think we, we're okay. I might get slaughtered for saying that actually, but you know, <laughs> who gives a shit? No, I, I I see what you're saying. I I mean, I disagree with it on the you know on a point where if if Anthony Scully's fit, in, you know, in my opinion, he plays because yeah. I still think he's got that air of unpredictability about him. You know, I think he has that. He gets the ball. Nobody really knows what he's going to do with it. And that might include himself. Okay. You know, I think Ollie he's Holly Palmer again. Yeah, yeah, but good. Um, you know, I think he's he's a fantastic player and regardless of, you know, what is rumoured to be happening in January or whatever, you know, I don't care. He's he's 
he's our player at the minute and he will continue to do what he does best. Um, but like, I wonder, I, I do want to take, you know, just, just quickly go back to Tuesday and, and bring out a positive from it. Um, I mean, do we think Freddie Draper keeps his starting, uh, starting place? Difficult. Um, I, th- I think Freddie did really well against a really experienced League One back line on, on Tuesday night. You know, Rags is a really good defender. You know, we all know that. And, and Raggett was worried, especially when he got that yellow card, you thought that we might play on that a bit more. But um wasn't to be. But yeah, I, I don't see why not. Um, obviously, the, the only alternative at the moment is, is Dan. Uh, I think Dan's probably better coming off the bench uh, when the defenders are a bit more ragged. And, you know, the defenders at Accrington are not quite the same level as Conor Ogilvie, Sean Raggett and, and Kieran Freeman, who Pompey had. So I I would be down for giving Freddie another, Freddie another go. You know, he, he got, a, well, I would say, a standing ovation, but he got a, a really good response when he left the pitch. Um, yeah. So I I think purely just so that we can keep him going in the long run, I think he'll probably have to start on Saturday. I think I'm probably going to agree with you because I think he was... Um... And, you know, he put himself about, he really, he gave them something to think about on, on Tuesday night. You know, some balls over the top where he'd, he'd sort of lead kind of, you know, with his body rather than, you know, well, I say with his body, everybody leads with the body. But, like he, you know, he, he kind of leans into it and he leans into the challenge a bit more and he's not afraid to be physical. Um, and I think, you know, he's he's got the energy, he's got the pace. He's, he's really exciting to watch, even, you know, in a game like Tuesday where there wasn't a lot to shout about. I thought, you know, he, he put himself about and did a, a decent enough job. The only thing was some of the service wasn't great. And unfortunately, you know, he didn't, I don't think he got a shot on target, but, you know, he's he's showing enough promise to me to make sure that he keeps his place. Um, and I, I'm almost loath to bring this one up because I know I'm probably going to get hammered for it. But, when he came on on Tuesday night, I I think Hacks looked okay. Well, he didn't sit over, so that was one thing. Wasn't it? <laughs> but like, it, it was we we've said it, you know, we I think we said it last week. It's the simple things that he keeps seemingly messing up. And when he came on on Tuesday, like to be fair, the point he came on, the game had gone. I don't think there was anything we could have done at that point. But when he did come on, I thought there was a few things where you know. He was. He played a couple of clever one twos. He got a couple of crosses in, um, and it, it, yeah, it like I said, didn't change the game. Wasn't going to change the game, but it was definitely an improvement on what we've seen recently from him. And hopefully, you know, if that continues, then you know we'll, we might see a performance like we did at Cambridge um, from him. But. Yeah, he's, he's one of those. Into whenever he seems to get brought on, especially where I sit in lower four, everyone's like, oh, yeah, for fuck's sake, he's coming on, is he? Can't, can't stand up. But I get, I, I, I'm, I'm on your side. I really like Hakeem. Um, You know, I think he's a really good winger for this division. He, he's shot on confidence. You know, he had to play yeah. his way into fitness first couple of games of the season, which means he wasn't great. But I think Tuesday night, maybe disregarding the, the game at Bradford in the, in the peak of the trophy, it probably is, a substitute appearance. Um, he came on. He, he sort of he had a bit about him, didn't he? he? Had a bit a bit of swagger where he he, he was demanding the ball uh, instead of Chris McGuire demanding the ball all the time. And he tried a couple of things. I think he had a, he had a shot. I seem to remember that that went just wide as well. So 
you know, I, I think Hacks is one of those where I say I say this about everybody: a goal, uh, they're off. They could go off on a run and it could do miracles for him. But I'd like to think that's the case. But I think we said that about Dan as well, and it didn't yeah. quite pull off like that. But you know, I think he's definitely a confidence player. We've said that before, and as you know, as Gaza said previously, you don't get to sign for the teams that he's played for with you know being a bad footballer. Um, but you know that aside, um, and there was one other person. Oh yeah, Max Sanders. How, what's he got to do to get a start? Yeah, well, it was good against Bowers, wasn't he? It was really, you know, got, got his goal, was really impressive. Uh, will be that against a, a team that, you know, that play the dog and duck every week. But, hmm. um, yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Because he plays in a, in a position, ideally, where Liam Brickham plays, and that would be difficult for him to get in. But I find it weird that we're not giving Max a go and playing Connor further forward, where Connor is far more um, effective. So, I think Max probably might be fortunate enough to get a corner up on, on Saturday. I'd like to think so. I, I, I thought Lass was quite poor on Tuesday night. Yes, he tries. Yes, he tries to put himself about, but he gives the ball away a lot. Um, once he goes, like Fiorini, like when he goes forward, he, he, he tends to take a little bit of time getting back. And Max is, you know, not to forget, this is a player that's come through at Brighton. Hove mm-hmm. Albion, who are, have a really good academy, really good standards. Um, and he was a player that Brighton fans, you know, when, when I saw that we'd signed him permanently uh, just under a year ago, they were gutted to get to see go because he has a he's a player with such big potential. And I, I think Max has waited, has bided his time a little bit. He uh, he's not had the opportunities, but you know, I I think a lot of supporters are begging for Max to get a game. And I think Saturday might just be his opportunity to go right, right, Mr. Appleton, this is what I can do, and hopefully he can impact on a positive result. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I'm 100% agree with you. I think it, he's done enough, in my opinion, and with others, like you say, not necessarily running with it, um, that he should start on Saturday. Um, obviously, you know, Michael said it that after the game that we're going to be, Adam Jackson's going to be starting on Saturday, uh, or likely to be, provided he's fit. Because, um, I, again, I think we missed him on Tuesday. Um but it was, you know, it was a tough call. Like, and, you know, Michael said with the, the information that he had at the time, if we'd have played him on Saturday, uh, Tuesday, sorry, he wouldn't have, wouldn't necessarily have been playing on uh, on Saturday against Accrington. So, um, yeah, tricky one. Um, Accrington, I respect them as a club. I'm not gonna, you know, not gonna bang on about them, but they 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 do things the right way. Um, and I think John Coleman has done wonders for them as a manager. Um, but I think at, the, at this point, the, the, the run of form is is maybe what people would have expected from them maybe last season. Because, um, you know, they always get tipped, don't they, for... Um, yeah, for, for not, looking, not looking great. But, um, yeah, really tricky one to call. I... I, I just hope for everyone's sake that, you know, we we bounce back and we do what we've, you know, what we hope we can. Um, and just thinking back to that Cambridge performance, you just think everything fitted, everything seemed to be perfect. Everyone played off each other. Everyone did well. And let's not forget, that was this season. <laughs> you know, it's when people say, oh, well, we're crap. Like that was two months ago. Nearly well, three months ago, Gosh. probably by the time. Oh, was it actually? 
Yeah, for I September. Like I've aged about 50 years in that <laughs> two months. Same, to be fair. But, you know, that was September. So we know we've got it in the team. You know, people. we know that it's there. We know that the talent is there. We've just got to, you know, just give it give it time. And I know time isn't necessarily something we have a lot of, but it, it'll come good. And for the people that are saying that we're in, you know, a desperate dog relegation dogfight, there's four teams worse than us in this division, at least. You know, someone that uh, I was disagreeing with quite, you know, quite heavily on Tuesday night said on, you know, came back and said, well, I still believe that on, on our day, we can beat anyone in the division. So it's like, right, so you don't believe that we're one of the four worst teams in the league then? You know, it's... Well, it, they contradict themselves, don't they? They, they say we're, we're shit and we're going down, but then, oh yeah, you know, bloody uh, Fleetwood will bloody beat them next week. Or, do, you know, do you know what I mean? It's, they contradict I mean, you've got, to so have, you've got to have that belief because otherwise you wouldn't be a football fan. But at the same time, like, you know, you've got to give and take. And we've had a lot being taken from us over the past few days. Um, you know, it's not been great. It's not been fun to watch and I'm not defending it. But what I will defend is the bigger picture at the moment. And the bigger picture is we're still in League One. We've still got a manager who does care about the club, regardless of if he doesn't, you know, jump up and down and wave at all the fans and, you know, celebrate in front of them and all the rest of it. He does care about the club, and so do the people that run it. Again, regardless of personal opinion on the people that are in the boardroom or the people in the suits, they care about what they're doing. Um, and ultimately, you know, we're in a decent place, just not necessarily the best league position at the moment. And that will change because um, you've got to keep the faith on that one. So is there anything else? That, oh, yeah, there is actually. There's something I want to talk about Um and it, it's just come to mind, which is why I've not mentioned it to you previously. Um, we say on here that, you know, we, we call out things when they're not right. And one of those instances is with the FA Cup tickets. Now, were you aware, Jake, that the FA Cup tickets went on sale last Friday? No, because I would have bought mine if, if, if I'd have known. Um, no, I... I I had no idea. It's probably just a slip in the comms, I would guess. Um, but no, I, I had no idea. So I'm, I'm going to frantically go and buy my FA Cup game after we finish recording. So this is it. This is the thing, right? Nobody really knew or nobody seemed to know that the FA Cup tickets had gone on sale because we had a conversation about this in the fan zone on Tuesday and Gary mentioned it to me. Um, oh no, Gary mentioned it to Sam, who was with us, and she was, you know, talking about some bits and bobs. And Gary said something to uh, something to her about, you know, oh the FA Cup game, and I said, well, yeah, when are they on sale? They're on sale now. They're on general sale now. So your season ticket seat might have been sold because it's on general sale. So what happened was they went on sale on Friday, and the club put out a, a tweet that said, we can confirm that the date of the game is the third. Yeah. And that was it. They had a link. The link was to the ticket site, but it didn't say on there anywhere, tickets now on sale. It just, you know, my my Twitter client kind of just comes up with the the image and, yeah. you know, the, the, the game name. So it didn't necessarily say buy your tickets now because normally you get the whole thing of gold members can now buy their tickets for X, Y, Z. Yeah, like they did for crew. For, yeah. yeah uh, today, this morning. 
Yeah, so like that normally comes up and that says, you know, gold and silver members can, can reserve their seat or whatever and do that. But it just didn't happen. And it was a bit of a cock up. Like it's, you know, that is that's not great at all. And we ended up buying our tickets there and then in the fan zone on our phones because we were like, well, I want my seat. You know, that 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 kind of thing. It's like it 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 adds to the fire. It adds to the frustration of people. And unfortunately, some people use that as a stick to then beat the club with. But yeah, it's probably a slip up. But it's not a great one. And it's frustrated a few people. So like Jake, if you didn't know that the FA Cup tickets are on sale, get on it now because your season ticket seat may have gone. Um, and that's, you know, a frustration for people. So It's a great um, week to have a, have a home game though, isn't it? It's a great weekend to have a home game. <laughs> and I've got mates from, I've got mates from Hartlepool coming down and we go we plan on going out on the on the beers afterwards and every hotel's pretty sold out and the ones that haven't are gonna try and charge four hundred quid for one night. So they can stay in my spare room for three hundred and fifty pounds. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I think I'm gonna have to get a travel lodge in Sleaford. God, I have to disinfect myself when I get home. <laughs> but no, it's it's right. You know, it's going to be a it's going to be a crazy weekend. Um, Christmas market weekend always is. Um, but you know, what can you do? Hopefully, it's a decent crowd again. Um, it's good to see that you know, in fairness, they've kept the ticket prices down to ten pounds each again. I think that's a good move. Um, get as many people in as we can. I know it's not the most appealing draw in the world against Hartlepool, but Could you know. Worse. Could have been worse. Yeah. Um, so get yourselves down there and uh, hopefully, you know, in the hat for round three and, uh, uh, you know, a nice plum draw that we could potentially uh, potentially see. So, But um, I think that is about it, actually. Is there anything else that, that you want to get off your chest or say? No, I'm, I've, I've pretty much had my piece now with the podcast. So, uh, <laughs> I'm ready for a cup of tea and a lie down, I think. There we go. Well, hopefully, you know, this wasn't a dull, dreary, you know, misery brothers podcast. Um, hopefully it's, you know, as balanced as it can be. Like, yes, we are all frustrated. No, we're not happy with things. But ultimately, mm, it'll be we fine. Move, we move. That is it. We move. Yeah. You know. As, as we said earlier, January is going to be crucial. It is going to be a massive transfer window for the club. Um, and having heard a couple of rumblings, it may be that, well, Michael said himself, come January the 2nd, we'll be in a stronger place. So sounds like deals are getting done already. It's just a case of putting pen on paper on the 1st of January and uh, seeing what happens. So keep the faith and up the imps. Absolutely. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.